So let, let's call the top three here. Matthew Lewis, yeah. Patrick Dempsey, yeah. John Krasinski. 100%. Who won the glow-up battle? Um, That's really hard. That's what she said. <laughs> yes, and I even got an office joke in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, well, I mean, I think I have to say John Krasinski now. <laughs> no, I think the biggest glow up <laughs> is yeah. Matthew Lewis. Like, oh, it is on. Matthew Lewis. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Because, like, the other two, like, had very much so, like, the foundations of... John Krasinski just had a bad haircut, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's all it was. That's definitely part of it, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here. You found us. You probably love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Can't you... Buy Me Love. Oh, I thought it was You Can't Buy Me Love. Is it just Can't Buy Me Love? It's just Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, look at that. I learned something new today. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure you follow us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Amazon Music also has, has podcast stuff. So if you're listening there, thank you. Leave reviews because more people find us. Um <laughs> Uh, Sorry, when I'm you leave that. reviews, yeah. Um, Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah. It's the name of the Beatles song, Sarah. <laughs> I know, I know, but I don't know why. It's, you can't, I even wrote in my notes, you can't buy me love. Yeah, it's not bad. It's Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> it's 1987. It's a teen romantic comedy. I got that right. I got the date right. Okay. <laughs> Directed by Steve Rash. He's also done uh, the Buddy Holly story. He did Queen's Logic. He did Bring It On, All or Nothing. Ooh. He did Bring It On, In It to Win It. Oh, all the sequels. Two of the sequels, at least. <laughs> Can't Buy Me Love is the story of Ronald Miller, Ronnie, played by Patrick Dempsey. You heard me right. Ooh la la, McDreamy. Of Grey's Anatomy fame. Ronald is your classic 80s high school nerd living in suburban Arizona. He's known as the, he's known as the dorky kid who mows lawns. That's kind of his shtick. Throughout the first part of the movie, but our boy Ronnie yearns to be with the popular crowd. Specifically, he likes his next-door neighbor, Cindy Mancini, high school cheer captain, and all-around popular high school socialite, played by Amanda Peterson. After Cindy spills wine on her mom's expensive suede outfit, Ronnie seizes this opportunity. He convinces Cindy, if I buy you a replacement for that outfit, you need to go out with me for a month. Thus, the popular kids at school will accept me as their own, and I will reach my goal of finally being cool. That is our lead-in for Can't Buy Me Love. What are your thoughts? Cindy Mancini and Ronald Miller live on the same street, but they're in totally different worlds. Wouldn't you like to be popular? Cindy's hot. Ronald's not. But he's got a plan that could change all that. I want to rent you. Rent me? Yeah. You pretend you like me, and we go out for just a few weeks. Just going out with me is not going to make you popular. Well, I have $1,000. It says it will. I had never heard of this movie before someone requested it. So we actually had a listener who requested this. So thank you very much. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised and happy I watched it. It was a really good watch. Patrick Dempsey is um, not in enough rom-coms, in my opinion. Mm, I loved him in Grey's Anatomy and was sad to see him go. But I really hope he does do more movies. Like I feel like he hasn't done much lately. Um, The rating for this movie is in typical 80s fashion uh, with some fun casting. Interestingly, 
and I get more into it later on in the pod, but a lot of actors aren't actually active anymore acting-wise from this movie and haven't been since like the 90s. I enjoyed watching this, um, like I said, and it'll be a fun one to rewatch again in the future. The Patrick Dempsey career arc, that's an interesting point because he did a lot of stuff in the 90s and even early 2000s, but once he got on Grey's Anatomy, it was mm-hmm. kind of yeah. picky and choosy about what he wanted to do, which is fair because you're making you're making that Grey's Anatomy yeah. money. Yeah. Is it the cool version of LL Cool J and NCIS? Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you, because I crap all over LL Cool J. Like, what happened to LL Cool J? Meanwhile, he is he is picking up paychecks. Yes, just on a crappy show that I have no respect for. Okay. Whereas Grey's Anatomy, listen, I don't like it, but like I get the hustle on Patrick Dempsey's side. It's an extremely popular show. It is. At least it's kind of compelling at times. You know what, though? My grandmother was telling me the other day that she really likes watching NCIS. Are so. you kidding? <laughs> I'm actually not is kidding. The, oh, no. That was a real conversation that happened, but it just goes to it goes to your point of... LL. Yeah. LL. That is <laughs> the your target demographic. <laughs> Sarah's grandma is like, I, I like that LL fella. <laughs> She does. Good she she likes. She likes the yeah the original one and oh, the, well actually I think she watches them all. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah I agree with you. So can't buy me love. I also for whatever reason this was not in my previous rom com uh, repertoire of yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. I love this type of eighties uh, content. I won't even say eighties movies, but like it feels very much in the same vein of like a Full House, Golden Girls, totally Family Matters. Like, Ronnie is basically, like, a less obnoxious Steve Urkel in my mind. And a it, lot more less obnoxious. A lot less obnoxious. But, like, it plays out like a really long episode of one of these shows. It's pure nostalgic fun. You can't help but enjoy it. There are holes you can poke, sure. But, like, and if I can be real for a sec, there are 80s movies that have aged much less gracefully as this one. There are holes you can poke, but, like... Yeah. We've watched ones that are far worse. This one, it, it aged pretty well, and it's just, it feels like an 80s sitcom. It's wholesome just nice to fun. watch. Yeah, it's wholesome fun. <laughs> so the movie centers around, like you said, uh, Ronnie and Cindy Mancini. He is um, more on the unpopular side, and she is a popular kid. He's fully on the po- unpopular side. Well, I had, I had he's a loser, but... <laughs> yeah, you can say that. It's fair. <laughs> I think they say it about him. <laughs> Oh, but you know what though? He's not like he's just a hard worker. He does like he's not like a like a nerd or anything. Judge Sarah's here. Oh my god! I think the content of the character is more representative of the person. That sounds like political, Sarah. We're not we're not doing. Oh right, Judge Sarah and political Sarah. Two Um, people. But Patrick Dempsey, as much as like. I mean, he, don't get me wrong. He is very McDreamy in Grey's Anatomy, and he grew he grew into his looks, let me tell you. But he's still good looking in this movie, I think. I think we need to at least do a few minutes just on the fact that, yes, that, that is Patrick Dempsey in this yes. movie. What? I know. So it was, yeah, let's ask the first question. Was yeah. he good looking in this movie? I think so, yes. Yeah, I actually thought he I wasn't. Want, I'm going to poll it. Though. Or at least, oh, good, good call. Yeah. That should be a poll on our Instagram, yeah. at Romcom Rewind. Because I agree. I didn't think he looked bad looking, if that makes sense. I'm like, oh, he's like, he's a high school guy. They, they tend to really nerd him up. They do. But yes. when you, if if he's not speaking and you just look at him, you're like, no, he's still kind of a good looking guy. Well, and I find like in the first 10 minutes of the movie, you're like, mm, I'm not 100% sure. But then like as the movie goes on, you're like, no, he's good looking. 
Mm, yeah. It's like he's is he good looking in the category of that. But then throughout the movie he's good looking. So let's do the uh let's do the where does Patrick Dempsey live on the actor glow up hierarchy is what Ooh, I'm going to call that's it. That's fun. So we'll, I I'm gonna list a few actors for you who they either played non-attractive younger characters or they were just like they were tiny humans when we first saw them and they ended up being gorgeous humans. Okay. As adults. First one I've got Matthew Lewis. Oh. That's Neville Longbottom. Yes. Neville Longbottom is just, he's very similar to Ronnie, actually. He's just the nerdy kid in school. Yeah. He's got buck teeth. But then all of a sudden, Matthew Lewis, and you're like, whoa. So. By the last movie? Ooh. What's the scale? Like. It's, I mean, Matthew Lewis might be the top of the scale, Oh, right? he's definitely the top of the scale. Let me let me grab um, let me grab somebody who might be on the lower end of the scale. Freddie Highmore. Oh, you know what? I, I no, I don't. I, he's I, now the good doctor, and yeah. he's been in a few different things. He's not a glow up. Like I think he no. But he is. You know that classic meme where it's uh, it's Johnny Depp on the on the bench with the kid and the kid's crying. Yes, that's him. He's the meme. That's Freddie Highmore. That's not. Is that Johnny Depp or is that? Yeah, that's Johnny Depp. Is on the movie. on the bench. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I know exactly who it is. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he just grew up. I think he grew up. And, <laughs> I think he just grew up. Okay. So that answers answers your question. That's <laughs> yeah. the scale. You're either a Matthew Lewis, where it is undeniable you became a heartthrob, damn, or it's yeah. Freddie Highmore. You just grew up. You just grew up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um, you just grew a few like you know a few years have passed. The face is you still pretty more much or less the same. same. Yeah. Um, Zach and Cody from the Sweet Life of Zach and oh, Cody. Oh yes, they definitely. They had a glow up. Glow right? up. I mean, sure. I think the one who plays on Riverdale, who I think is Cole. Okay. I think he's more attractive than his brother. Like okay. the one who plays Jughead. Regardless, they they, yes, they are have a glow on, up. They did good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nicholas Holt. Google Nicholas Holt in the movie About a Boy. He's got uh, he's got creepy eyes. Oh, his eyes are very he could blue. Be, you know what? He could be um, in Star Trek. Well, because he was in the X-Men movies. Oh, maybe that. Oh, yeah, he played the Beast. That's right. He played Beast. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. I and think he had a good glow up. What movie did he, what movie did, did you say? Uh, About a Boy was the young one where he's like just a kid and you're like, who? This is just a precocious looking child, you know? Oh, yeah, no, he had a glow up. He, he did have a glow up. Okay. Um, how about, this one's going back a little bit, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Third Rock from the Sun. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has absolute. I think he's. I think he's like attractive because yes. he had like the long hair yeah. in that movie, and also in Ten Things I Hate About You. Not a super attractive kid, you know. Well, he grew up. That's right. Like whoa, but but see, here's the line: Did he grow up and become attractive, or did he just? Grow no, up? he grew up and became attractive. There we go. Yes, I actually think he's very attractive. I think he is super attractive in Inception. Oh yeah, well because. Sarah's a sucker for suits, and he's always <laughs> he's always in he's a always suit black in that tie. Movie. Yeah. I am, yeah, I am a sucker for a suit. <laughs> oh man, um, this is fun. Okay, and there's your hierarchy of um, A-list actor glow-ups. If you have anybody we we should mention next time, let us know. But Patrick Dempsey, does he fit in? Ooh, Patrick sure. Dempsey. You know what though? Like he's still aging real nicely. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Yes, aging and still very attractive. He's getting more attractive, I think, a little bit. I missed maybe the biggest one, and this is going to be hard for Sarah. John Krasinski in The Office Ooh. 
and John Krasinski now. Oh, and Jack and Jack Ryan. Sure. No, Jack Ryan, hands down. He is way more hot, like way more attractive. He is just making himself like loving it. So let, let's call the top three here. Matthew Lewis, yeah. Patrick Dempsey, yeah. John Krasinski. 100%. Who won the glow up battle? Um, That's really hard. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> yes, and I even got an office joke in there. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, well, I mean, I think I have to say John Krasinski now. <laughs> no, I think the biggest glow up <laughs> is yeah. Matthew Lewis. Like, oh, it is on. Matthew Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah, because like the other two, like had very much so like the foundations of. John Krasinski just had a bad haircut, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's all it was. That's definitely part of it, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So, like you mentioned, she borrows, Cindy borrows her mom's suit, suede suit. Mm. Let me, let me say that. Even though she's not supposed to, because her mom tells her that she can't. She, um makes up that at the party because everybody's like oh my god your suit is wonderful she makes up that her boyfriend from college got it for her and at the party uh one of the guys spills a glass of red wine all over the suede outfit dun 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 literally the worst possible thing to happen though because it is like a cream colored outfit i don't even wear anything white when i'm going out because i know i will get something on it like if you're gonna sit in grass don't wear white pants they will get grass stains yeah she did not expect uh red wine to be flying at the the cream colored suede suit no one ever does no one sees it coming no, you just don't you see never it see it coming and then it happens so the next day ron is at the mall about to buy his telescope that he's been saving all summer for he's been mowing people's lawns and saving money to buy a telescope because he loves space he sees cindy trying to convince the store clerk at the suede suit store that's what I've called it. <laughs> to exchange it or let her work there to make up for it. She's desperate. She is desperate. And to give her a new suit. He, of course, the store owner, says no. Ronnie runs over to her rescue and uses the money that he was going to buy the telescope. You pretend you like me, and we go out for just a few weeks, and that will make me popular. Just going out with me is not going to make you popular. Well, I have a thousand dollars. It says it will. I think you've mowed one too many lawns. He gets to pretend to be with the most popular girl in school and gain popularity himself. And she gets a new suede suit, which her mother is none the wiser. Back to the whole, this feels like just an episode of a sitcom. Yeah. He's buying a $1,000 telescope. (laughs) She is trying to purchase a $1,000 suede suit. Yeah. It's just so like... Comical. Like everything's going to fall into place every time. Like, oh, what do you know? I've got $1,000 in cold hard cash right here in my hand. Like, and I just happen to be here. And I just happen to be here. He's literally looking through the telescope, seeing Cindy across the mall go into this creepy. store. Like, it's just, yeah. But that is the plan. And Cindy at first is like, no, 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 no. That's ridiculous. But he convinces her. She reluctantly agrees. She yes. reluctantly agrees. She needs that suede suit. So this moves us to the awkward lunch scene, which is my best scene because of how awkward it is. I, oh, really? That's your best scene. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, the next day at school, Ronnie arrives and Cindy kind of gives him the, she gives him a very quick, she's all that moment. (laughs) Where she takes off his glasses, (laughs) ruffles his hair. She she de-sleeves his shirt, which clearly makes you more popular. I was going to say, which is totally like, um popular in the 80s i'm assuming i guess and yeah and now she's trying to integrate him into the cool group and that's where lunch comes in 
Yeah, and I think everybody gives him a hard time. Like, oh my God, Cindy Mancini is with like Ronnie. He just cuts grass. Oh my gosh, what a loser. She does stick up for him, which is very nice. But again, this scene is is my best scene because of how awkward Ron is. He tries to make small talk, but again, like the audience is different than what he would talk about with his friends. He's got to change it up. And after this lunch scene, though, he's beginning to be a part of the gang more. He fits in. Cindy and him are spending a lot more time together. Like you can begin to see like he is kind of melding into their environment. But just like some of the, the conversation starters that he had with those guys at the table, I was laughing out loud. You know what it is, Sarah? It's exactly the same as when you go on a double date. Like you, Sarah, yes. and your friends. Yes. You bring your boyfriends to go have like lunch, and the two boyfriends <laughs> don't know each other at all. Yeah. So it's the, uh, do you like sports? Yeah, I like football. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about that, Tom Brady? Yeah. How about it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of it, right? That is a very good, um, yeah, encapsulation of what it would be. Uh, like what a, it was. That yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah exactly. Absolutely. Cindy and Ronnie have a great month and it seems like they really click together but the month is running out so they go on one last official date to one of Ronnie's favorite spots and it's the airplane graveyard which okay that's pretty cool that is actually extremely fascinating they're in the car and he says how we're gonna just do it and she starts talking about how she wants it to be natural this scene was funny because she's talking about them kissing yeah at this point, she's really not talking to her college boyfriend. They've kind of broke up. They're very much so on and off. And he's talking about the breakup because the month is over. They're going to go to school tomorrow and break up in front of a whole bunch of people or about their fake relationship. This is a key scene because she, Cindy, is clearly, actually, genuinely falling for Ronnie. Yeah. What? But he's such a, an idiot. He's a Just dork. The male brain has no concept of awareness he's still stuck on the we need to break up thing yeah because that's that was the plan from the beginning well and i think in his mind his goal i mean part of him i think was to be with cindy mancini but his ultimate goal was to be popular yeah his, o- yeah or he like he started to become popular and he just got intoxicated by it like oh yeah i oh, need this now. definitely yeah. yes very different ideas of how the conversation is going to go in that moment in that scene like you knew exactly what cindy was talking about and you knew exactly what ronnie was talking about and then the next day when they get to school cindy is still trying to convince him like hey let's not do it and he he thinks she's acting and he's like i did a little thinking too no actually i did quite a bit of thinking and i decided that you're breaking me what broke Bankrupt. Chapter 11? What are you talking about? This. I'm dry. Hey, I can't keep up with you. I'm not a bank. Much like a few other movies, which I think are you going to bring up. Well, I was going to bring up the parallels of this. Yes. Yes. So he, in the breakup, starts saying a few things that are maybe hitting a little too close to home. Way too far. Way too far for Cindy. She ends up slapping him. He thinks it's still an act. He's like, wow, that was a great performance. But she is genuinely hurt. She actually wanted to continue this relationship. And he is none the wiser. He thinks, oh, great. We we accomplished what we set out here to do. Everybody saw us break up, but now I'm popular. And you're free to go and do whatever you want. It, he really embarrasses her. He's now the big guy on campus and way too popular for his own good. He 
even after this, right after, he gets asked to go to a dance with one of Cindy's friends, Patty. I think they kind of do Cindy dirty in this movie a little bit. Like, she gets put through the ringer by Ronnie quite a bit. So in terms of parallels for the breakup, mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as the breakup <laughs> happened, I, I thought know. the perfect date. Absolutely, like verbatim. Down to the slap happened oh, as well. 100%. And going way too far. Yes, going oh, yeah. way too far, being unintentionally mean. Yep. Um, other movies where people date for popularity drive me crazy as well. Yes. Similar to that. Crazy. Um, I also want to throw out 10 Things I Hate About You. Yep, in a way, for sure. In a way, just because they dated for somebody else to date. But like it, it feels... It turns out that this is a story that's been redone many times. Yes. Um, Taming of the Shrew is what 10 Things I Hate About You is based off of. Correct. So is this a loose representation of that or is it is it different yeah, that like, people have just like they say that from? they've modernized a lot of Shakespearean and and you know what if there's if there's a listener out there that can educate us on this that would be fantastic. I would love it. It probably is a Shakespeare yeah, play. I think like really they've ta- most most ideas like rom-coms and things like that like the plot of them or like the the, the core the, concept, the core concept yeah. I believe like comes from a lot of Shakespearean plays. Because we a have no more stories. original ideas. We well, just you know. steal from this guy. Hundreds that's of that's ago. another reason why we should go to the moon or Mars, you know? Yeah. Start a new... <laughs> We've got to diversify life. our opinions a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still here. But but the key one for both of us, we kind of mentioned it, like that feels exactly the way the perfect date breakup Well, happens. and it's so funny that we just did the perfect date not yeah. long ago. Okay, so can we get back to the dance of him learning the dance? So this is actually my best scene. Not okay. the learning of the dance, though. Okay, well, so... He gets asked out by Cindy's friend Patty to go to the school dance. And he realizes, oh, my God, I don't know how to dance. I've never been to a dance. Like, oh, my God. A girl, like, I've never gone to a dance with a girl. So he watches a dance on TV, which, thank God for TikTok and YouTube and all the things that we can actually learn dances from now. Just think about that concept. I know. Like, when I would come home from school, I would watch... Uh, much music, which is our version of MTV, yes. essentially. Yeah, and like they they would be doing the countdown of the music videos, and like that's that's when I would watch the music videos. Like you can hear pop music on the radio or wherever, but like if you wanted to see the video, you're okay. Much music doing their countdown five o'clock before dinner. I watch that. Yeah, he got into a fight with his little brother because he's like, <laughs> I got to watch the dance showdown or whatever from last night <laughs> on PBS or whatever the f it was because that was like the cool dance that he had to know. Yeah. For, for this high school um, dance. And it just so happens that that particular episode was actually a special presentation. Well, it, yeah, it wasn't the, <laughs> the original programming. It was, um, and I'll, I'll jump in now, it was like uh, my best scene. It was a, a cultural African tribal dance. So he watched that, and he doesn't watch the end of it. He just gets the gist of it, and he's like, all right, out the door. And then uh, a presenter comes on, and he's like, that was the African tribal thing, blah, blah, blah. So when he gets to this dance, um, Ronnie is extremely nervous. He's now not dating Cindy. He's dating the other girl, Patty. Yeah. And she's like, Ronnie, let's go dance. And he he's hitting the punch pretty hard. And he's like, all right, let's go. And he goes out in the middle of the dance floor. <laughs> and he does this friggin' absurd dance. It It's so stupid. <laughs> so good but everybody but but because of his conviction <laughs> i know to the bit everybody actually convinced themselves that like whoa ronnie like is this european what is this this is something <laughs> is this new european? yeah like it must be something new that we haven't heard of they all copy his bullshit african tribal dance that nobody realized was just like complete and utter 
garbage. But it goes to show in this scene how far people are willing to go to stay popular or be cool. And that's an you underlying know? theme of the movie that Cindy yes. talks about a lot. She's like, popularity is more... Work than nothing. It's more effort than it's worth. Yeah. And and everybody's kind of lying to each other. And in this scenario, yeah, everybody convinced themselves, wow, Ronnie's popular. He's doing a dance. It must be popular, too. No! Yes. No, it's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's where the, the sheep come in, right? Like, you, you or you feel like a, your cattle... Like moving through the Vatican, <laughs> I feel like wow. you're just kind of like moving with with the rest of the group. We we were over here, and then you took it in a completely other no, direction. You're you're bringing up European landmarks now. That's where did that come from? <laughs> uh, well, it just like it reminded me of going through the Vatican and oh, it was so busy and right. hot. Yes, and you're just like you're moving slowly through, and then you realize that there's like a hundred other people around you, and. You're like, oh, I'm doing the exact same thing that they're all doing. And we're just slowly moving through these, like, through this country, because Vatican's a country. And, like, we're all just doing the same thing, like, moving along in a line. Sarah's like, got a bone to pick with the line. Vatican. No, no, which I we don't. we should probably, they have a lot of power. We should probably no. just move on. <laughs> no, but I just, anyway, you know, everybody follows along, right? <laughs> moving on. So it's Halloween, and to stay cool... Ronnie goes with his newfound popular friends and to Egga House. Yeah. It turns out that it's his best friend's house, Kenneth. And I think this happens every year for Kenneth and his family because they literally set up booby traps along the way to catch um, the people who egg, egg their house. Which And it's so mean. Turns out this, it was the popular kids. Yeah. This scene, like, oh, it made me so sad. He gets caught. Ronnie by, gets caught. Yes, yeah. Ronnie gets caught by Kenneth, and Kenneth realizes that it's him, lets him go. But it was just, like, really sad. He, like, totally, he threw shit at his door and then ran away. I thought yeah. you were supposed to light it and then throw it. Um, if you're lighting it, you're leaving it on the doorstep <laughs> oh, so that the bag burns and then it starts to burn the poop. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, why do I know that? Okay. Well, you don't. I do. So that says more <laughs> about my character than yours. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do on weekends? Yeah, let's move on. Uh, um, and it's sad because Kenneth is part of like the nerd group, and he was kind of talking to Ronnie like, "Hey, we haven't seen you around. Like, where are you? What are you doing?" Ronnie was blowing him off a little bit, and now Ronnie was literally egging his house, which is horrible. In typical rom com fashion, though, like when when one group get or when one person gets popular, he leaves the rest behind. Like. And then they get sad and, you know, are they there when, when everything falls apart? Of course they are, but, yeah. you know, like, it's the same thing with the perfect date, right? He leaves his best friend behind and then, you know, actually this, the parallels here are a lot. Same thing with Drive I Me Crazy. He's got movie. his two friends who are nerdy and then he stops hanging out with them. Yeah, they're the same movie. I'm I'm convinced. So again, at this point, Ronnie and Cindy are broken up. Ronnie is chatting with Cindy. At, the, at her locker or at his locker. Yeah. And at first he's receptive, but then he notices a few popular people watching him. So he starts to play it cool with Cindy. He's kind of being a little bit mean or just like aloof. Mm -hmm. And Iris is eyeing him up and he notices her. And Cindy says, oh, like you're going to ride that bus? Everybody has. And then he says, that ticket won't cost me a thousand bucks. On point, Iris does ask Ronnie, like, hey, what are you doing? Let's let's go to this party together. It's uh, either New Year's Eve or Christmas party. 
Yeah, and Cindy, Cindy's there as well at the party, and Ronnie's there with Iris. Cindy catches Ronnie making out in the bathroom with Iris. And a little-known fact about Cindy that we haven't yet said is that Cindy writes poems. She's a poet. Um, kind of underrated, like she doesn't really tell anybody. The only person that she's told that she writes poems is Ronnie. Someday my wish is for him to hold me in his arms in a sea of deep blue, together at last, together as two. Oh, that's beautiful. I didn't know you were a poet. And when Cindy catches Ronnie in the bathroom with Iris, Ronnie is reciting her poem to Iris. I would be so offended. Like, Cindy has done so much for him, and he is such an ass at this point in the movie. And he's about to get what's coming to him. He's about to crumble. So Cindy's previous boyfriend, who went off to college, he's also the high school quarterback, now college quarterback. He's in town, and he's kind of chatting with the guys, and the guys mention, like, oh, like, Cindy is actually, was, for a time, dating Ronnie. And he's like, lawnmower Ronnie? And they're like, yeah, dude, like, we're not kidding. Ronnie's cool now. (laughs) And Cindy's been drinking a lot. Yes. And they, like, her and her ex-boyfriend kind of have this little blow-up in another room. And everybody can hear what's happening. But then, as they return to the party, Cindy reveals everything to the group. Ronnie paid me a thousand bucks for a suede suit, and I went out with him for a month. And you, much like Sarah just said, you were all sheep. Yeah, and he said that all of you guys would worship him if we went out. And I didn't believe that. I was like, no way. And he was right. He was right. Our little plan worked, didn't it, Ronald? It's a wild speech, though. Like, it's a good speech. It's, a like, a good one to watch. I liked it. It is. And immediately, all the popular guys, Iris, nobody wants anything to do with Ronnie, having known, you know, the background of the story that he paid Cindy. Yeah, he becomes the, from the most popular within a minute to the most hated person in school. No one wants to be friends with him. He gets made fun of by everyone, even his old bestie, Kenneth. Can I, before we move on towards the end of the movie, which is basically where we're at, Mm -hmm. um, can I shout out Quint real quick, played by Court McCown? Yeah. He is one of the popular guys. He's one of the high school football player whatevers. At every party, though, including this one that we just talked about, he is, he's crushing a glass of wine. And every single girl, after hearing that he's drinking red wine, is like, ooh, they smell the wine, (laughs) and it's, like, disgusting. It's probably some horrible $5 bottle of wine that's just, Total garbage. It's because who of us liked wine in high school? None of us. Well, can we talk about, because he really tries to play up that he's like a wine connoisseur. What are the most awkward things you pretended to be into, especially to like impress other people? Oh my God. Okay. I don't have one, but you do, Devin. Yeah, I do. I've got a list right here. You pretended to be into running. Oh, okay. That's not what I have written down. That's also a bold-faced lie, Sarah. I um, did not... I was into running. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> please expand on that because I will tell you how I see it. I was, for a time when Sarah and I first met, I was a little bit into running. Like very amateur running. Okay, I, I like the a little bit into running. So <laughs> little, so little that it happened once. Whoa, whoa. It happened more than once. No, it happened once. And okay, yeah. so I actually genuinely thought that he was into running. And so his birthday was coming up. So I was like, oh, like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to go to Lululemon and I'm going to get him a new, like, running shirt. It has never been running 
No, the well, shirt okay. has never been. I still work run out in. in it. No, you do if yard I'm, work in it. If I, no, no, if I'm playing competitive sports, it's a it's a very breathable. Oh, competitive shirt. sports, like well, recreation sports, rec- any type of sports. Yes, yes. But that's not running. Like that's not you getting out and getting a good sweat on with a job. I run when I'm playing the sport. I don't see it as the same. Like you pretended to be a runner. I did. Whoa! I didn't pretend to be a runner. Okay, I, calm down. I'm pretty sure you did, but whatever. Okay. So I took this question more to heart in terms of the actual uh, content of the movie. Oh, okay. Like, uh, like drinks, like sourpuss, for example. Oh God. Did you ever drink that straight when you were like sourpuss? Yeah, Malibu. Ugh, um, yeah. I really liked whiskey sours. I don't ever want to drink another whiskey sour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Malibu for sure. Oh, like. Is is Pink Whitney now the new of all those 100% things? Hundred percent, it is. Because like everybody's obsessed with Pink Whitney. I think the alcohol content in Pink, Pink Whitney is a little bit higher. It is a little bit higher, yeah. but also like it's so sweet. Like if you drink Pink Whitney straight, if you mix it, that's fine. It's very mixable beverage. But if you drink it straight, you are either eighteen years old, yeah, have no taste buds, <laughs> or have no. F- Include the terror train of a hangover oh. you're about to have yeah. from all that sugar. But, but they don't have hangovers at that age. That's right. They don't. So that's where I come in. You're you're either 18 or, or oh, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, I used to drink sourpuss like just yeah. straight shot thinking, hey, ooh, look. Well, you guys like want a 8%. shot of sourpuss? It's pure. Yeah, it's like pure sugar and sugar, water, alcohol. That's oh, all that's in that. So gross. Yeah, Malibu. Oh, like I don't even want to think about it. It's like, do you have do you have a, a um an alcohol that you smell and you can't even like it turns your stomach? Uh, yes, yes. Fireball whiskey and all of those are from like the origin story is either an early college or late high school story. Yeah, for me it was Fireball whiskey. Mine was Absolute Vodka Peach. <laughs> I can't ever <laughs> smell that again. I don't ever want to see it. I don't ever want to smell it. Oh my god! And that's like that's first year university. Goldschlager um, takes oh, a close second for me too. You know what? It's always the um, the alcohols that need to add stupid tastes <laughs> yes. to appeal to younger people. Like let's grab like a gin, but let's make it peach oh, or whatever. God. Yeah, whiskey. But like fireballs, so it's gonna be like cinnamony and like and no. burn your throat. Yeah, yeah that's stupid. It's like what <laughs> was that? What was a one fifty one? I actually don't know what that is. Oh, it's like it's um, it burns your throat on the way down. I don't know. Why. I don't know why we drank it. A, <laughs> I couldn't tell what you. What a great product design. <laughs> yeah, they made some real winners. Oh man! So now, now back to the movie. Ronnie is just not popular with anybody, not with his previous nerdy friends. He He's at school lunch, and he's been designated to, to the tree, basically. Like, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. even get a... He's saving that tree. Yeah, he doesn't get a bench. Nobody wants to sit with him. He's just by himself. You know, at when he's back at home, um, he does try to talk to Cindy to tell him how he feels, and he goes by at 6 a.m., and she kind of says, yeah, like, she's hearing him out, but at the same time... She's like, yeah, like, I'm done with you. You basically, you're not my friend. I don't want you in my life. And so he does sit at the tree and eat eat lunch. So we do get a a very nice character building moment here. We we built Ronnie up. We tore him back down. And now he's got to come back in some way. So Kenneth, who he egged the house of, Kenneth did like in the the nerdy group kind of acknowledge like, hey, you know what? 
Ronnie, he's Icarus, you know, flying too close to the sun. He burnt his wings off, whatever. But, like, he was popular for a time. Maybe it is attainable for us to be involved in that group. And he started helping Patty with some of her homework. But the other jocks did not like that. Quint, I think he actually tries to fight Kenneth. Yeah, he does, which... I mean, come on, dude. Oh, my God. he It's literally a guy helping a popular girl with her homework. And then this was actually cool because Ronnie runs over from the tree that he's been quarantined to. Why don't you go back where you belong, Jose? Take your hands off Kenneth or break your arm. Your pitching arm. You broke your arm once before, remember? You fell out of our treehouse. Kenneth picked you up. And we carried you 12 blocks to the hospital. Yeah, you cried all the way. We were all friends then, remember? And now you want to end his life because he's talking to Patty on your side of the cafeteria. And like, it's funny because Ronnie storms off and everybody actually gives him like a round of applause, which is so <laughs> back to the, this is a family matters sitcom episode. <laughs> it's so quintessentially the eighties. Quintessentially. <laughs> um, so back at the house at Cindy and Ronnie's um, house neighbor situation. Um, Ronnie goes to Cindy's house for payment for the lawns. Cindy leaves to go with her friends. And like, honestly, I thought this was the end. I was like, oh my God, they don't actually end up together. Like, wow, what a, what an ending. But she comes back to ride off into the sunset on a lawnmower. Okay, how about kissing? Yeah, it's important. Lots of moss. Definitely. <laughs> and Bobby loves Yes, it's once again like it's very obviously an '80s movie ending. Oh yeah, you gotta have that sunset, fist in the air, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't you forget about hundred percent. Yeah, a very satisfying, a classically '80s satisfying ending to the movie. Agreed. Quick facts: Amanda Peterson was 15 years old during filming, and Patrick Dempsey was 20 years old. The airplane graveyard, or boneyard, is located just outside of Davis-Monthan Air Force Base in Tucson. The film was done non-union. The Screen Actors Guild sent representatives to the set to dissuade the students at the high school from being extras. While their plan ultimately failed, the school's drama club decided not to participate. Patrick Dempsey is a car collector and race driver. He used all of his pay from this movie to buy his first car, a 1963 Porsche 356 convertible. Tina Caspery was the original Kelly Bundy in the pilot episode of Married with Children. This pilot was never aired. The original title of this movie was Boy Rents Girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad they changed it. It's a little too on the nose. The song in the radio, French Kissing, was written by Chuck Lorre who would later create a series of successful sitcoms like Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon, Be Positive, Disjointed, to name a few. Patrick Dempsey and Seth Green, who plays Ronnie's little brother, reunited years later when Green did a two-episode stint on Grey's Anatomy. The scene in which Cindy and Ronald jump to the perimeter wall and explore the regenerative group aircraft boneyard was shot at Bob's Air Park, an aircraft recycler just outside the boneyard, which has since been sold. The movie was shot and set in Tucson, Arizona. The school used in the film was Tucson High School at the the home of the Badgers. Courtney Gaines and Patrick Dempsey also co-starred in Sweet Home Alabama in 2002. It was originally shot as an indie movie, but until Disney bought it for $6 million. A remake called Love Don't Cost a Thing, starring Nick Cannon and Christina Milian, was released in 2003. 
The movie was named after the Beatles song, Can't Buy Me Love. Though the trio of girls were all seemingly the same age, Darcy DeMoss, who played Patty, was seven to eight years older than both Tina Caspery, who played Barbara, and Amanda Peterson, who played Cindy. In the movie, Quint says he is an expert on fine wine. The wine he spills on Cindy's blouse is Ripple, a cheap dessert wine. The studio almost took out the famous line that Kenneth says because it was too edgy for a teenage movie. It was the, you shit on my house line. (laughs) Paula Abdul choreographed the African anteater ritual dance. Both Amanda Peterson and Tina Caspery had previously played dancers and orphans in Annie in 1982. Iris has intimate scenes with all three of the popular guys, with Big John at the first party at his house, with Ricky at the school dance, and with Ronnie at the New Year's Eve party at Big John's house. I never even noticed that. Me neither. The original version was quite raunchy, but when Touchstone got the rights, it was repackaged as a PG-13 rom-com. At the end of the lunchtime speech scene in which Ronnie Miller defends Kenneth against Quint, who is threatening to beat Kenneth up for helping Patty with her schoolwork, Quint apologizes to Kenneth, shakes his hand, and walks away. As the student and teachers begin to clap, Kenneth is seen putting his hands in his pocket. In the background to the right, an extra wearing a black t-shirt can be seen sucker punching another extra wearing a pink shirt and black sunglasses. This happens at approximately... Uh, the one hour and 28 mark of the film. The final scene in which Ronnie drives Cindy away on his riding mower is deliberately paid homage in Easy A, after Emma Stone's character laments that her life is not more like an 80s teen romance film. Apparently, pleased with the development, Stone's character even waves her hand like Amanda Peterson waves hers. Honorable mentions. My honorable mention is Seth Green for playing Ronnie's annoying little brother who continuously gets Dutch ovened throughout the entire movie by Big John. (laughs) That is my honorable mention. That is wild that the little kid from this movie ended up being... Seth Green. I know. Seth Green. Wild. My honorable mention, and I can't believe I haven't mentioned it before throughout this pod, is The Thirst. The Thirst. Just in general. Wow. The girls in this movie are thirsty. They are... It's, it's wild. A lo- it's a lot. It's a lot for like, like a high school teen rom-com. And like it to be only rated PG-13. Them girls were all over Ronnie. Like like in in very, uh, they were extremely forward with totally. him. Totally, yeah. They were, yeah, it was, it, whew, you know, it that just deserves to be mentioned somehow. <laughs> I don't know. What should have been? Okay, so by what should have been, I was afraid near the end um, that, Cindy and Ronnie weren't going to end up together, but then literally within the last 30 seconds of the movie, they do get together. So my <laughs> they like, waited until the been, bitter end. Yeah. Like actually though, like usually you have like 10 minutes of them together. Like, Oh yay, Like such a happy ending. No, they waited like 30 seconds and then they, their sunset was happening and they rode off and that's it. That was it. Yep. Like throw a hand in the air, call her day. My, what should have been is that I'm surprised we didn't get that classic eighties movie. This is what happened to them. You know where they do the pictures of the person on the <laughs> oh, screen? Yeah. Like, Here's what happened to Quint, and here's what happened to Cindy, and yes. here's what, where Ronnie went. So let's do it. Yeah, let's, like let's go through each character and yeah. do the what what happened to them. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where they ended up. What did they end up growing up to be, you know? Okay. Uh, Ronald. Ronald Miller. So we know what about Ronnie. He loves astrology. Uh, no, that, <laughs> that's that's not the right. Do you know what astrology is? Really? Oh, that's zodiac signs. He likes astronomy. <laughs> He's... Okay, wait, hold on. You said he likes astrology. 
He could also like astrology. I don't know about that. Like, but, but he yes, definitely astro- likes astronomy. He does like astronomy, yes. So, oh my god, I'm guessing he went to school for astronomy. Astronomy, yes. I'm glad you clarified that. And uh, <laughs> is some kind of a researcher or a um, scientist? Scientist, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I agree with that. Cindy Mancini. Cindy Mancini. I could see her being a fashion designer. Oh, really? Of suede suits. Mm, of suede suits specifically. <laughs> all dating back to a traumatic experience where or, a guy spilt wine on yes, her. Yes, or finding out the real way to get a red wine stain out of clothing. So I think I think Cindy goes to school for something very typical, like I think business, marketing, something. After she starts her career, she realizes that her actual dream is to be a writer. Oh, Because she writes the poetry, right? That's a good call. And then she moves to Hollywood and becomes a writer of some something. I don't know. Maybe she's a screenwriter, a screenplay, something. I still like the uh, founder of the (laughs) red wine stain. Do we need to do Barbara or Patty or Iris? I do have Patty. Okay, let's hear it. Makeup artist. She's the one with the makeup drawn on her face during the home ec class. Yes. Um, Kenneth, so Ronnie's best friend. Yeah. I could see him being an engineer. Yeah, okay, sure. He's got tons, tons, tons of movies coming out. What about Quint and Big John, Okay, so the I, football players? I didn't do Quint, but I did do um, Big John. I could see him honestly being like a football coach at a high school. Okay, Quint is easy, guys. Okay, well, what's Quint? He's going to... I get the impression that the popular kids are also well off because they make fun of Ronnie for having a summer job mowing lawns. Oh, yeah, you're right. So That's I think we're job. establishing Quint's family has money. I think he's going to convince his dad to give him... A little bit of money to start his own business. What's it going to be? Windows. Oh, it's going to be like a wine store. It's going to be a vineyard or something. He's going to do something involving the wine that he clearly has no taste for, but he'll develop a taste. And I think Quint's going to do okay for himself. Oh, okay, because I literally chose that he was going to just sell windows. (laughs) Windows? What the No thought process, just what's... I don't know, it just came to me, you know, like I felt it. Sarah has a very low opinion of Quint in this movie. No, well, a little bit. (laughs) And now, overall rewatchability. Okay, so my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry 4, Storyline 3.75, Thirst Factor 4, Imagination 3, Soundtrack 4.5, Cheese 4, for an overall score of 3.87 out of 5. That is wild. My score, I scored my things very differently than you, but we are .02 off. Oh my god, okay. I have Chemistry as a 3.5. Okay. I have Storyline as a 3.2. I've got Thirst Factor as a perfect five out of five. Mostly, like, four of that is because those girls are just so thirsty for Ronnie. Inexplicably, doesn't really make sense. But just the pure (laughs) lust for thirst on their end gives me a Thirst Factor. Lots of thirst happening. Patrick Dempsey ending up being gorgeous on Grey's Anatomy is going to give me a preemptible five out of five. That's true. Imagination a 3.9. Soundtrack a four. And cheese a 3.54, 3.85. Wow. You had 3.87? So, yes, I did. Ooh. So close. This has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Can't Buy Me Love. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you're listening to us, thank you. And if there's a bell icon or a follow button, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And reach out to us on Instagram at Rom-Com Rewind, TikTok, or email romcomrewind at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.